to show. To another episode of Ultimate's podcast. It's me, it's Dante, and my guest this episode is going to be returning guest, Miss Julia Blackburn. How are you, Julia? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, it's been a little bit of time since we last spoke, but you know, just want to check back in with you, see how everything was in terms of jujitsu competitions upcoming or recent. What's mm-hmm. going on with you? Yeah, I was trying to think back of like all that's happened since we last talked, and I think it's been a lot. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think since then I've done. Now, now I need to look. I did pans. <laughs> I lost for very badly at pans. I did not win, um, but then I did a lot of other competitions, which I won. Uh, so that was really good and really fun. My last competition, I went to Nashville, Nashville Open, and did Gia no Gi. And it was the first competition I worked. Um, I did the the score keeping, you know, where you like click the box or whatever on the computer. And I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it like kept me calm and distracted before my matches because usually I'm just sitting off in a corner trying to remain calm and not think about all the things that could go wrong, will go wrong, yada, yada. Instead, I was sitting there watching, and they put me on a good mat, um, watching all the like black belt matches and playing the little live video game of, okay, two points, four points, advantage. Um, so it was actually it was a really good trip and really fun. And I got, um, let's see, there was nobody in my weight class for gi or no gi, unfortunately. Um, but I did place uh, third in uh, gi open and no gi open. So I was very pleased with the results there. Well, that's good. And with the scorekeeping, like, was it, you know, just very, like, because I, I always see the scorekeepers. And I'm always wondering how that, you know, how it works. And mm-hmm. it was just straightforward, like, you know, two, and then you just tap, tap, and give the two. Yeah. So the, you know, the referee is the one obviously that makes the decisions. And so basically you just watch the ref like a hawk the whole time during the match. And they have um, on this screen, it's like blue and then white are the colors for each fighter. And so that was like, honestly, the most difficult part was just to identify who was going to be blue and who's going to be white. Um, but like, if somebody has a blue gi, they're just going to be blue and then the other person's going to be, but they have like a whole system for it. And they taught us that in the beginning, um, but it wasn't too difficult. And yeah, it's just like a plus on the computer or a minus and they have set like three, five or four, three, two, and then advantage, disadvantage for everybody. Um, so yeah, it was really it was really fun, and it taught me uh, more about the points for jujitsu too, the point system. This is not for you. sorry, my dog sees my prosciutto on the side. <laughs> it's not for you, Luna. <laughs> um, 
it was really good too. Like I said, I was watching the black belt. So I actually picked up a few cool submissions and sweeps that I took back to the gym. And I was like, asked my professor, I was like, I saw this. I want to work on this. I want to learn how to do this. So I really enjoyed it. And I think I'll do that next time. Also, you get paid, which is nice. Get money. Yes. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. And, you know, just the more I talk with you, the more I, I see, like, you know, you are a student of this game. This is, you know, your thing now. So, oh, you want to know how much it's my thing? So, Shit. as I, uh, I'm recording this in my basement in my gym, and um, you know, you also have BJJ Mama on page quite a lot. She gifted me um, since we last talked. I've uh, moved back to Georgia, and I have a rental house down here. And I'll show you, I know they can't see on the podcast, but my gym now has all of these mats. Oh, wow. This is my gym. Holy hell. That's awesome. Yes. (laughs) So. That's super cool. (laughs) I have Fight Club in my house. Well, you know what? That, again, you are a student of the game and and you're committed. And. Mm that there's no bigger sign of that than just what I just saw. Like you have basically a matted basement. Yeah. It's, it's about 15 by 50 of legit like jujitsu Fuji mats in my basement. And now I have absolutely no excuse not to roll every day or shrimp or do rolls and anything. Yeah. Our gym, we just got new mats. So they're selling off the old mats. And I was like, dude, I should should buy um, a row of them. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at my basement because my basement is kind of a hodgepodge of who knows what. Like, you know, I have the TV on the mantle over there, couch. So, you know, like right up front is the entertainment area. Then kind of behind there, I have treadmill, weights, grappling dummy, uh, grappling dummy um, kick shield, stuff like that. And it's kind of a smaller area. And then I'm in my little recording corner right now where my desk is. And, you know, also all the action figures around the perimeter on all the walls. So it's like I look at my basement. I'm always like, dude, you know, I want to set up, get the the mats down here. But then I look, it's like, well, because I had, you know, the cheap flimsy mats you can get at Target. Mm-hmm. Like what, maybe 18 bucks for a pack of four. Yeah, I think I got a, maybe three packs of those during COVID. And I set up down here, which, you know, the puzzle mats, they come yeah. apart very easily because I didn't tape them together. And at one point I was down here so much, I just left them down. And when I would have guests over to record, you know, like I don't tell people to take their shoes off when they come into my home. Mm-hmm. But I try to make it very clear that when I walk in, I kick my shoes off. You know, I, you know. Again, I'm not going to say, "Hey, man, take your shoes off." But it's like, mm-hmm. "Hey, I don't know." Kind of see, I did it. My wife did it. The kid did it. Like you do it, but you know, people come downstairs and just walk right across the mats, and, and they're not even like in in your path. They're kind of off to the side, but you know, just with moving their chair around and then they'll step back. I'm like, dude, do not step on the mats with your shoes on. What are you doing? Even my daughter knows that. My daughter, when she comes to the gym, she comes to the basement, she looks like, oh, <laughs> no shoes on the mat. 
Mm -hmm. Right. I so I had a Halloween party for the gym, uh, jujitsu Halloween fight club party. It was awesome. It was really cool. But I knew like so upstairs was like the normal party where people had drinks and food and everything. Mm -hmm. And then downstairs we had like some people rolled and more party and whatnot. But I knew people were gonna come down here and still have their shoes on. So I had this big sign that I taped on the wall, like right as you come down the stairs and it said, no shoes on the fucking mat, please. (laughs) Nobody wore their shoes. I mean, but that's what needs to be done though, you know? And again, not just being a student, excuse me, not just being a student of the game, but also respectful to it Mm -hmm. and, and just all the traditions that come with it. And no shoes on the mat is a big one that that's, everywhere in, in martial arts yeah. so to have that, i will wear my slippers down here on my mat but they're my slippers they're my house slippers and they're my mats now so and i even don't i don't even like wearing them on my mat like i'll wear them on my puzzle mats but then yeah. i'll like so i'll start setting up to do like my weights or something and i'll get to the mats and i'm like oh, i gotta take i gotta take them off i can't do it <laughs> that's that's how i am with my slippers too like i'll walk past the mats and i'm like uh let me just go ahead and kick my slippers off to the side, just kind of keeping in the ideal of it. I'm almost at a point right now because, you know, there are times I have teammates over for fight nights or something. And a lot of those guys, they will take their shoes off when they come to the house, except for one. He always keeps his shoes on and his shoes are always like just dirt. I don't know why his shoes are fucking muddy, but they're always <laughs> muddy. Um, But the, the one thing that kind of, gets me is when we go to the bathroom because at the gym mm-hmm. you don't go in the bathroom without shoes so then when i'm at home that's kind of the same thing here with the guests it's like oh man you know it's ingrained in us and i have my slippers so it's never a problem for me but i think mm-hmm. about everyone else i was like maybe i should just get disposable slippers and i was like wait, wait what am i talking about i don't have people over like that i don't like people yeah i'm not buying slippers for them fuck out of here. um but but no, the basement looks awesome. That that's really really cool. And every you said every day you're doing something on those mats, right? Pretty much, yeah. So right now, um, there's I'm not doing any competitions until February um, because they're like the only ones were um, Jujitsu Con in Vegas and then Worlds. And I didn't really feel like I was ready for Worlds. And then also just like I feel like going all the way to California just for worlds, you know? Um, I've been to California before. I was like, meh. It's also, it's kind of right before Christmas, all those things. So I decided to take um, the next three months to just practice jujitsu and weight train. So I'm trying to do a a bit of a bulk and I'm hoping to gain between like one and a half, two pounds of muscle. So I'm weight training three days a week, jujitsu, like six days a week and doing mobility um in between the weight training and some cardio but i hate cardio so yeah i come down here every day pretty much and either do my weight training or my mobility training before i go to jiu-jitsu and then i have um a couple friends that come over and will roll and then one girl um, he used to train at my gym. She moved and now she trains at a different gym, but she's still close to me. So she comes over about once a week and we practice and train here. So 
it works out. It's really nice. Good. That's good. I feel inspired now as I'm looking at this back area where, you know, I have treadmill. I don't, there's a box of something. I don't even know what's in that box. <laughs> Trash now. Um, a backdrop, a ring light, and some action figures on a table. Because, you know, like the, the action figures need light. But um, as I'm looking at this area, I was like, yeah, I should just go ahead and get the mats and just just put them down in this back area. And that's the thing, too. I mean, it it gives me a reason to do more mat training here at the house, whether it be shrimping, um, just working on break falls, falling in general, because I don't think people understand how important it is to know how to fall and practice falling. So. Mm Like we had a guy the other morning and we we're doing a hip toss and he kept falling. He was very new. I think it's might've been a second class. Oh. And every time, you know, on a hip toss, I would lower him down. But what we worked on is if you go for the hip toss and then they step over mm-hmm. and now you got to um, kind of kick through um, and you still flip them. Uh, you just now, um, propelling him uh, with your leg, I couldn't control his his fall from there. So every time he hit the mat, it was very hard, and I felt I felt bad. I was like, "Dude, I'm so sorry. I'm only a blue belt. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing." <laughs> like, and, and I realized, um, coach explained to me my base was not good. So when he was falling, I didn't have a lot of control over him, and he was like, "Look." bring your left foot in a little closer and now you can kind of take him over slower but his mm-hmm. falls even after you know after that he was still kind of hitting hard mm-hmm. so coach was like okay let's work on falling for you and you know falling is scary because he kept throwing his arms back and we're like no no, no don't do that you you know you could separate your shoulder you could break your arm uh you know i can't stress falling properly I can't stress that enough. Um, mm-hmm. Even to my daughter, always, you know, when she's falling around in the basement, it's like, no, 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 don't do that. Um, my wife, years ago, she was running and slipped on some ice and fell and hit her head. And mm-hmm. I was like, good grief. Like, we need, we all need to learn how to fall. So, yeah, it's and, important. I was rolling just the other day. Um, and there's one guy at my gym who, who's very large. Um, we call him melancia his which is watermelon in portuguese because he's he's a big guy and um he was rolling with this smaller guy who he's not like a small guy but smaller compared to him and i know they were standing up and then all of a sudden i just hear <gasps> somebody fell somebody fell yeah. on top of somebody else and um yeah it's important to know how to fall right Absolutely. How to fall with other people too. Well, I yeah, laughed because too. he was fine. He was okay. But yeah, that's it's scary to fall. Yeah, absolutely. Like falling just by yourself and with people is important. There's a lot of stuff that's important in jujitsu, period. But I feel like yeah. falling is one of those things. And as you know, in further or previous discussions with someone for new students knowing to tap because you oh, have yeah. new students that don't even know, should I be tapping? Like, yes, dummy. If it hurts, tap, like don't stick around. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, lots of valuable lessons from jujitsu. So with competition, you said uh, you're not competing until February. Mm -hmm. What's going to be upcoming for you in February? Europeans going to Rome, going to Italy. You you know, and for whatever reason, I should have known that because I was just talking to a friend over in Madrid Mm -hmm. about that as well. She, she's excited and duh, February. I, well, so I'm excited. I'm a little, well, I know that it's worth more points, like ranking wise, it's worth uh, like three or four stars. Um, but because I'm going to do that, I will miss out on, there's three competitions that I'll miss out on. It's like Austin, Atlanta, and New Orleans. Um, so I'll miss out on those, but I guess it kind of makes up for it. Although I did have, and everybody's saying that it's crazy. And I know it's a crazy idea, but hear me out. The, f- <laughs> the flight that I'm taking, because so Europeans right now is scheduled for the 14th through the 20th. Um, and the dates that they have me potentially competing is like the first half of that. So I was going to go um, the beginning, like the Saturday to Saturday. And um, Atlanta Open is February 12th, which is when I was going to fly out. Well, I am going to fly out. Um, And it's kind of a long story, but I'm going to fly from uh, Richmond, Virginia, from my home, and then take a layover in Atlanta, and then go. And I said, well, the layover is already like four hours, and the Atlanta Open is actually at the airport. it's like at the convention center where you just take a little train. I was like, if I take the earlier flight, I'll have an eight hour layover in Atlanta. I could just scoot on over to Atlanta open, compete in Atlanta open, scoot on back into airport security and then hop on the flight to Rome and then go compete in Rome. Is it a bit crazy? Yes. But I, I think it would be doable. I think so. I think it's fun. I think it's doable, but I guess the timing on when, you know, when you would go on. The timing works because I normally fight in the morning and the flight out doesn't leave until like 730 and the flight in puts me in at like 830 and the fights don't start until 930. Okay. I'm a logistics person. I've got this. (laughs) I'd say do it. I mean... I think it's awesome. I love the chaos of it. Yeah. It's just like, that's, there's just so much going on where it's like, boom, 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 go. And mm-hmm. then off to Europe. Yeah. And then do it well, again. I just need something to distract me. Cause I know I'm going to be like super anxious and excited. Cause it'll be my first trip abroad. Mm-hmm. So I know if I'm just, sitting there in the Atlanta airport for four hours, I'm going to be crawling the walls knowing that first my team is, you know, a five minute train ride away competing and I should be there cheering them on. And second, I should be there competing, you know, warming up for the European open, but we'll see. We'll see how it works out. I might not do it. It might give me too much anxiety. (laughs) I don't know. Well, I hope if I I do, it'll be pretty cool. I hope you, whichever way you go, I'm in full support. Thank you. got you. a fan over here. Um, I hope you do it. 
because I think that just sounds absolutely crazy. And, you know, again, I'm like, Julia, got to have you on the podcast. You got to yeah. talk about that experience. Yes. And, if I do it, I will, I will tell you all about it. I haven't run it by my professor yet. Um, <laughs> he's equally crazy, though. So they might say go for it. They're going to fly out at a different time, though. So they're they're like going to Atlanta open and like going, then they're flying out at a later time. So they're not going to be part of my madness, but it'll be fun. Once you get to Rome, just have a blast. Exactly. So. Yeah. I've, I'm not really going for the competition. Let's be honest. I'm going to go to Rome. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like the, the competition is just kind of a bonus. It's like, yeah, I guess yeah. I get to compete too. Yeah. So yeah, it's a bonus and an excuse all in one. So, so I always, whenever I see competitions up and I know friends are competing, like, like friends like yourself, you know, through social media and then my team, whenever they show up to these things, I'm like, Ooh, I wonder if they're going against, you know, if you're going against any of my teammates. So I'm always like eyeballing everything. I'm like, I gotta know, I need to know, like with the recent run of competitions that you've done, um, you said you did pans. Yeah. And like with going to pans and you said you, you just got your butt kicked there. Mm-hmm. Like, like what was, you know, that kind of like for you going through that experience? Like, was it more of a, just, you know, just kind of got to go back to the drawing book or drawing board. Yeah. Drawing board. Yeah. Let me say that again. It was it more of a, just got to go back to the drawing board and, kind of recalibrate things or you know, distract it? Um, it was multiple things, I think, because PANS was was in September and I had just gotten my blue belt in May. So it wasn't too far off of when I got my promotion. And then I went, so I wasn't even registered for it. I actually got off the wait list for it because um, my niece was born August, late, late August. And I was with her, my sister and her family, um, helping them like the entire time leading up to PANS. And they like, of course I was there helping them, but I didn't train as much because they live like an hour from my gym. And so it was all very last minute and I was distracted from the joy and the stress of a new baby in the world and family and all that. Um, So yeah, it was that and then just last minute. And also I didn't have my team, which is part of the reason I bullied my teammate to go with me to Europeans. (laughs) Cause I know like I, after that I figured out how important it really is to have your team there. So my, my coach and his wife were there but my my coach was refing so he couldn't be there on my side and then um his wife who's usually there like coaching she was running the rings so she couldn't be there either so i didn't have anybody like in my corner and i didn't have anybody to talk to leading up to it also so i went to pans as a white belt the year prior That was my first IBJJF competition ever. It was my second competition ever and my first IBJJF one. Nobody told me how big of a deal it was. So I did fine. I got bronze and I was super ecstatic with it. Then I got to 
blue belt and then I went to pants the minute I landed that on that plane it set in I was like oh my gosh this is the second biggest competition possible like one of like the second biggest my team's not here I haven't been training like I need to I just got promoted this isn't gonna go well and it didn't (laughs) I lost my points I didn't get submitted at least but I lost my points and I didn't get um any more matches after that so yeah just a combination of of all of that um but after that yeah i just went back to the drawing board i said okay these are the things i need i need to not have that mindset first of all i need to have my teammates there for me not like just to cheer me on but just you know somebody there to spot like beyond the side of the ring and you know coach because i always listen i'm always there listening when i'm fighting there's somebody there saying okay you know the arm bar is there the triangle is there that is a very helpful to me so i need somebody there for that and i just need to be focused because i was not always not focused on on it at all and then i psyched myself out so it also seems like to just kind of going into that just you know there are a lot of things kind of against you just again with you know the team not being there and then the realization setting in and you're like oh wow this 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 is this may not go well so Mm -hmm. but like you say just not you know next time you go in not having that mindset and just going out there and conquer the world girl you can do this yeah and that's it is so now i realize i've done since I got my blue belt, I've done seven competitions since I've gotten my blue belt. And now I've done it so many times. I think back to like the panic and the fear that I felt at PANS and they're doing PANS again in April, I guess, because of COVID, the schedule got all weird. Um, But now I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do it. Like, it's just another competition. I've been, I've been to Orlando. I've been to Kiss Me like so many times. Just go it's just another competition doesn't matter so that'll be the attitude next time it'll be the same attitude in in rome um sure maybe a little less i'll actually probably get there and be like okay can i just fight so i can go eat some pasta please <laughs> just like yeah okay i'm here oh okay um, let's go sightsee da, 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 da. oh shit, i gotta go compete yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's just kind of a sidebar just be like i want my pasta and gelato let me fight please <laughs> I'm probably going to be more uh, maybe I'll be more driven because I'll be, I'll be like be on the mat and I'll be like man I want to finish this fight I got five minutes between me and gelato move <laughs> I want to get this triangle I'll finish this match you're just like just come get, like come jump to the triangle real quick I got places to be exactly um, where we train at there is some sort of a bakery right next door so oh. we're training at night we can always smell pastries being baked and it is so distracting because I'm a fat boy and I love me some food, especially pastries. And I've been actually doing pretty well for November. I mean, I had a donut yesterday, but mm-hmm. for the most part, I think that's the first pastry I've had all month. And okay. uh, for my other podcast, my co-host and I, we both agree like, Hey, let's lose some weight. 
Um, mm-hmm. We're both getting kind of tubby up here and whatnot. So why don't we both lose some weight? You know, not like, you know, uh, a biggest loser competition or anything. It's just like, look, let's just mark down, give mm-hmm. ourselves to the end of January and mm-hmm. lose a bunch of weight. And, you know, we check in, we, we hold each other accountable. Um, like I'll text them on Tuesday, just like, all right, you know, I weighed in, weighed in at this, blah, blah, blah. But when I smell those pastries while training, after I leave, I, I am really distracted because I was like, dude, I'm just going to drive right past the Dunkin' Donuts anyway. I mean, yeah. it's only one donut and I just trained, you know, you know, for an hour. So like, it's not going to hurt anyone. <laughs> There's a Krispy Kreme about, um, probably two, three miles from my house. And I love Krispy Kreme. The only thing that's stopping me is the traffic because I live very close to a lot of a big mall and Mm. my gosh, I loathe traffic so much that it is stopping me from Krispy Kreme. The the hate of traffic is higher than the love of Krispy Kreme. So that's actually really good for me. Um, Although not right now, because as I mentioned earlier, I'm trying to gain weight and I was just thinking like, I'm trying, I really am trying to bulk up and I know I should do like healthy and eat clean and all that, but it's just hard when I train so much because some days I'm training for three hours, you know, or if not more, because some days I'll take my dog on like an hour long walk plus the weight training, plus the two hours of jiu-jitsu. So it's like four hours. I I just need to eat a lot of calories. And so I just, I'm like, this box of Oreos, I could just pack away really easily. I should just do that because I if I have to eat another chicken breast, Ugh. oh, I just can't do it. Oh, my gosh. That's... Just, I just yeah. can't. You can only, you know, I I do love to cook and I'll put all kinds of different seasonings on it. I ran out of seasonings, okay? <laughs> I ran out of different seasonings. So my wife, um, like baked chicken is one of my least favorite things. Mm-hmm. So when my wife will say to me, hey, what do you want for dinner? Yeah, I'm always very much like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to find my way. Just make food, I'll eat. I like I love food, mm-hmm. but when I come home and it's baked chicken, I'm just like, dude, really, yeah. really, you, you like, you no other. There's no other options. You couldn't have done anything else with that chicken. Couldn't have made a Popeye. Couldn't uh, I don't know, anything else but baked it, grill. I don't know something, but yeah, it, it, it's like with, you know, bulking up. Yeah, you want to. You know, take in the clean calories, but hey, Oreos, Krispy Kremes, are they really hurting anyone? I don't think so. My scale doesn't say so because I still have not gained that very much weight. I've gained like, I've started this, let's see, mid, mid-October, mid I've gained half a pound. Wow. I mean. This is not working very well for me. Barely yeah. half a pound. And I started creatine, too. Like, I should have gained at least water weight. <sighs> but, I mean, also, I mean, I guess, like, you're, act like, highly active, though. Yeah, so I know. Like, so, I need, to, I just need to eat more. And it's just, it's just annoying. Yeah. I know. It seems, it seems cruel, right? I sit here talking about how I need to eat more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. It, it, it's like, I mean, 
I'm no uh, expert on on any of the matter because for me growing up when I was like, okay, I need to bulk up. Yeah, I was just like, you know, taking as much crap food as I could then go lift weights and, mm-hmm. you know, power. Because for, what was it? I think fifth grade up through maybe junior year of high school, I weighed 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't gain weight. And a big part of it was I was very active. I get home, I go outside and play. Once I got to high school, I was on a team. So I'm like always at practice. And if I'm not at practice, I'm outside running around playing football or basketball, you know, just constantly burning calories. And then I think junior year, maybe senior year, I got to 160. And I was like, oh, snap here. It's about to happen. It still took another like five years yeah, I want to say five years for me to get to 180. I was like, okay, so, like something's wrong. And then I realized that with the way I was lifting weights, I wasn't really lifting them the way I, like I thought I was, you know, making a difference. It was like, no, you're actually lifting, like you're not like lifting heavy mm-hmm. and, and trying to bulk. You're just really wasting time. You're just lifting weights. <laughs> like, <laughs> You should be trying to go a little heavier. I was like, oh, I should. Okay, cool. Like, and do more full body stuff, like stuff with your legs and stuff, and like squats and deadlifts. I was like, oh, okay, you're right. I should. And I'm just going to go play football. Fuck you guys. <laughs> and eventually I just got fat. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not like fat, fat, but dude, I, I do. Fluffy. I, I can knock down a, a, a dozen donuts without breaking a sweat. So, don't even like I have one friend he comes over to record every so often and every time he comes over he brings a box of donuts and we went out last night after recording he was like dude <laughs> he kept joking I was like we should go to Waffle House I was like I'm not trying to get into a fight tonight like I'm just trying to eat and yeah. he was like no we should go to Waffle House so like, well, there's a double T around the corner we go around the corner there's no one in there but the staff, we sit down and he orders this plate of pancakes with, I don't know, every sugary thing you could put on a pancake. And I'm just looking, I was like, there's no way he's going to eat all of that. He did. Uh-huh. Like, he, he crushed it. So, um, that but- is always is impressive to me. I think also, I don't know, maybe. I'm around guys too much, but like I go out to lunch or dinner with my guy friends and they just, they clean their plate and it's like already a massive serving. I'm just sitting there like eating like half of the, half of it. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to get a to-go box. And it's just cause I'm full, you know, well, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, they're, they're like, you know, heavyweights, you know, they're big guys. But I went out to dinner with my, my gal pal last night and we both got not big plates of nachos and we ate the same amount. I was like, okay, I'm not going crazy. I am able to eat a proper amount of food. I just, I can't eat the same amount as a 250 pound heavyweight. That's fine. That's, good for me i shouldn't be doing that i don't think that would be good for me no and and it, that's the thing too your stomach is you know the size that it is for a reason so yeah exactly. so yeah julia you do you i i am trying to do me <laughs> try to you, keep up and go do you boo boo so <laughs> with you know getting prepped you know as, as you're getting ready for europeans and you're trying to 
um, you know, kind of add on some weight and bulk up Mm -hmm. as far as on the mat training. Are there any, I guess, goals or things that you're trying to specifically fine tune maybe? Yes. So it's in those competitions. It's also become quite clear. Um, Well, I knew, I knew this already, but it's the lesson has been drilled into my brain. You can't win points from closed guard. So, and well, my submissions are are quite good, and I've won. Okay, so all of my matches that I've won, all my competitions, I've won by submission. I've never won a match by points. So my goal now is to win a match by points. With your matches that you've won, mm-hmm. you know, all with submissions, were you? down on points or were you ever up on points like what was like the scores like with those so i've been up on points um a few times like i think the last one i won i think i was up by maybe like two or four points but then i just we were in i was in top half guard and i was already i was tired and i was like your arm your arm was just out there. So I went for the arm bar, but she didn't give it up. And I was like, oh, your wrist. Oh. Your wrist is just dangling there. Then, then, then I won. But yeah, I guess I could consider that because I did have at least two points on the board. But I do need to work on my top game. So that's what I've been working on mostly lately is top game and sweeps from guard because we don't really do training for takedowns in my gym so in order to do that i would either have to go to a different gym to specifically train that or ask my professors and like do privates and i also just don't like doing takedowns it takes too much energy so i've changed my game plan because it scares me and it takes too much energy for me to do takedowns so my game plan now is to work on my sweeps from close guard because that's where I'm the most comfortable and where I'm very good. So I'm doing sweeps from close guard and then working on my top game from there and my points. That's what I'm doing. And, and wrist locking people and, yes. and shattering their souls. That's cool. Yes. Okay. I, I will keep that in mind if I ever encounter you at a gym. I know to protect my wrist because I first off i have super sensitive wrist second off i get wrist lock i am broken for a week like emotionally i'm just like what did i do wrong in life <laughs> like I, I i put the meat out the door like my mom asked me to like like i did all the dishes i took out the trash too like, so wrist locks to me it's like a drug okay it's like i didn't i didn't mean to start doing them honest i really didn't i i had them done to me i said oh i don't like this very much that's quite rude but then i accidentally started doing them and i i swear it was an accident i promise because okay here's where i I, like my first accidental wrist lock i was in mount i was going for kimura but they had their hand like they're trying to like I guess like fist pumped their way out of the Kimura. Mm -hmm. And instead I just had, I pushed their wrist down and like into my shoulder. And then that created the wrist lock from there. It's a beautiful wrist lock. I recommend trying it. 
um, because they think that they're getting away. And in my professor's words, it's the have it your way (laughs) of jujitsu, like Burger King, have it your way. This is like an after school special and how someone got into drugs. It is. It is. How somebody got, how Julie got into wrist locks. Um, (laughs) So I started that. Then I said, well, now this, this is fun because they don't expect this from me. Because in my gym, everybody knows that I like to do triangles and it's getting a little boring. So I've got to do something else now. And wrist locks, they're just, they're fun to play with. Julia, there are so many other submissions in the world. You went for the most evil one. I know, right? You would think that I should have done like arm bars, right? Because that it goes off of triangles. Yeah. But people know that I'm already going for the triangle. You gotta, you know, change it up. Oh man! Wow. Plus, okay. what's fun? So, our gym, um, we're very, we have children's class, but then the children leave. So, sometimes we're not very PG. Um, there is one guy, and so I got it. I got it from him. I was trying to wrist lock him, and he was purple belt. And I've learned my wrist locks from him. <laughs> of course, the purple belt. And, and he goes, "Oh, I'm too single to be wrist locked." So now, whenever I can't get a wrist lock on somebody, I just say, "Oh, never mind. You're too single for that." It breaks them. So I win either way. So okay, I'm just still. Wow, wrist locks. It's just, I just, Julia, you're better than this. Like, Hi. I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Dude. Well, I mean, honestly, though, if it's working, it works, you know? Yeah. Again, no, I know. I know it's, it's not the best. I actually felt when I got that win in the tournament, I was like, why couldn't you have just let me have the arm bar, man? I feel, I would have been happier with the arm bar. I feel. <laughs> I really went, I really tried for the R bar. I really wanted that, but she wouldn't let me have it. And I didn't want to continue for the other minute and a half of the match. So you should have looked at her after and said, you did this to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I mean, again, it works. I mean, it is fair game. It's not like, you know, it's a white belt competition, like no wrist locks. Yeah. it, it's not like it's something like I there are some evil things that I know that we could do because so my nogi professor he teaches like all like the illegal things he teaches some um, cast slicers you know all, all the all the mean things and I I very purposely do not drill those things because I'm petrified that I'm gonna actually do them in a competition and get disqualified but mm-hmm. He then will show, he's like, okay, well, I could show you this straight ankle lock that just, you like kind of pass it. The ref won't see when you're passing through the calf slicer. He won't, you won't see it. It's just terribly mean, but it's legal. You know, he, he teaches those things, but I don't do those things. I don't do those. But you're a slock. But I was slock. Okay. It's just, just make sure I have that clear. You, you risk lock though. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's like saying 
hey, so, you know, I rob banks, but, you know, I don't rob liquor stores. It, you know, okay. it, it's oh, not all bad. Here's the example. Did you watch, uh, it just came out on Netflix, The Harder They Fall? Not yet. Oh, okay. Well, it's Go not giving anything. It. It's, it's no, it's not giving it. anything away. Uh, but it's just like a bunch of their like you know cowboy gangs um, in the movies, and one of them he robs from the robbing gang, the gangs who rob the banks. So he robs from them. So it's not that bad. No, it's not. It's not. But it's just locks. <laughs> <laughs> just look, I'm extremely biased because again. I, I did a very good job for two years protecting my wrist. I had a good streak going. During COVID, coach was like, hey, come on up to the gym. So he unlocks the gym. He and I are rolling. My daughter is there. His uh, his newborn, well, not newborn, but like his infant, he was crawling. His son is there. My daughter's playing with the son. And he and I are rolling. I got lazy. Just left the arm dangling. He wrist locked me and I screamed, not like blood curling scream, but it was like a roar of anger. Mm-hmm. And I punched him at and he starts laughing. And then the rest of the week, he just continued to send me text messages, anything with the wrist. And he sent me x-rays of wrists, like, you know, x-ray of a hand with the wrist circled. You know, he sent me pictures like, so where on the, show me where on the doll, you know, he hurt your feelings, you know, just things like that. And it it was really hurt. And then Mm -hmm. about a month ago, I don't normally get to go to a Saturday class. One of my teammates, he and I are rolling. He's a purple belt, really good guy. So last person I expected this from, Mm -hmm. he's messing with my right arm Mm -hmm. and I'm protecting. I was like, no way, Jose. You're not getting me, buddy. Pump fake. He went to the left arm and wrist locked me quick, like with the quickness, too. And again, just I haven't spoken to him since. I don't know when I'll speak to him next. I've got big feelings about wrist locks. Yeah. And, you know, but then I encourage other people to do them. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just don't do them to me. So, Julia, wrist lock the world, as Pete the Bank would say. I, that that I'm gonna. This is gonna be titled um, something to do with you and wrist locks. Okay. I, and Pete the Greek will probably be all over this. Like what? Another <laughs> one? We have a new one in the in the in the group. So. Well, see, you think that's evil? No, I'll tell you what's really evil. We've got a problem in our gym. That same big guy that I was talking about earlier. You know what he's doing? He okay? He's a white belt. But so he can, he can do it. Massive dude, like he's like he's got to be at least six two, and I know he's he's also like two hundred plus pounds. He's ankle locking people. He's straight ankle locking people. That's his go to things. He is like ankle picking everybody possible, and we're just like, why? You have the power to do anything to everybody, and you're going for ankles. No, no. Ankles are, I mean, ankles are bad, but there's ways out of that. Wrist locks, there's no way out of that. (laughs) Once that wrist is caught, as soon as you feel them grab the, the, grab over the hand, you know, it's happening. Yeah. And, and if they don't even go for, you know, the traditional, 
like they tuck it under their chin Mm -hmm. and it's like it's like once you feel your hand is caught there is no escaping ankle locks you can get out of that wrist Mm -hmm. locks Mm-mm. is so i don't i don't roll with him but yeah everybody's everybody's complaining about it because he's so big like he just chomps on like a bear trap it's pretty it's bad it's funny but In, introduce him to the world of wrist locks he's not allowed to no i'm not but, he can, but he's allowed to get it <laughs> yeah that's it's fun rules. but i found there is somebody else who's joined our gym who is um about his size so he's i've now decided he's going to be my champion i like them both they're both fine guys but i decided i'm going to even the playing field a, a wee bit um by i was because i was watching them roll and the other guy who joined was a bit newer than um the big one who's already straight and cool off of people so i said come here let's let's let me roll with you I'm gonna teach. I'm gonna show you a few things. So I showed him because he was working. He's really good. He actually started. He's a black belt in judo, so he has like a good groundwork. So I showed him um, like a gift wrap and uh, how to, you know, really shoulder in for top pressure in um, half guard. So I showed. I just showed him those two things, and I specifically did it so that he could roll well with the other guy, the other big guy. Then, like two weeks or a week later, I'm talking with another one of our other heavyweights who's a purple belt. And he's like, Man, that new white belt, he knew how to do gift wrap and do all this stuff. And I was like, Whoopsies. <laughs> you know, you're there to learn, though. So, yeah, you're, you're all there to like, learn. Whoopsies. So. I, I fast tracked that one. Sorry. Sorry you weren't expecting that. Now they know who not to mess with. So those are the good things. Yeah. Uh, with your training, just over, or since, well, I guess all of it, just in general with your training, has there been any kind of physical slowdowns for you as far as like, not like full injuries, but like anything kind of nagging that you're having to kind of work around? Or I guess essentially what I'm getting at is, has there been any kind of, injuries to kind of slow your progress um i mean my mcl i hurt back in march so that i slowed a little bit but not too much i notice every once in a while it will be hurting a little bit like if i'm doing if i'm in some kind of twist and i just like have to let go and give it up you know if i have um a Delaheva hook or something like that, but it's pretty well back to where it's at. So I haven't hit anything like that. Um, but honestly, just like the weight training is really annoying to me because I'll do, you know, because I'm trying to bulk up, so I'll do my heavier sets. And then, you know, about next day, two days later, Somehow my professor, he's like, hmm, he must know. He's like, okay, Julia's leg day is on Monday. Wednesday, I think I'll make us drill stand-up guard breaks. That's good. Mm. <laughs> so, this hurt my legs. Yeah. That, I think that slows me down a little bit. Um, but then I just work more on my technique. 
but it's been good overall. And then I, yeah, I do think I need to dial it back because there was a couple, a little while back I did, yeah, before Nashville, I trained more than two weeks straight. I didn't take a single rest day. And my hands were like falling off of my wrists. And then, well, I always take um, one or two days off before I go to a competition. And but, like, I knew I was tired at that point before I took the rest days. But like when I took the rest days, I was like, oh, yeah, you really, I really shouldn't put my body through that. I really shouldn't train every single day all the time. It's not, it's not great, but it's so hard. Cause like, I really love it. And I, it's just the joy for my day. And we, we have this schedule to where we can train every day because we have um, classes Monday through Friday and then Saturday class and Sunday, Sunday we have um, a women's only class, which I really like going to. And today I've trained every other day this week. And I said, I'm sorry, ladies, I can't go today. I just need to not do anything today or my body is going to break down. So I think that's the limiting factor. Well, I mean, as much as we love jujitsu, as much as we embrace the sport, you know, our bodies, we need to take a break every so often. It's just, you know, otherwise you're not going to be able to do this into your later years. So exactly. Like I just last, was it last night? Yeah, it was last night. I was like trying to go to sleep and all of a sudden my, my, um, like these two knuckles on my right hand started hurting just out of nowhere. I was like, yeah, arthritis, it's, mm. it's coming. So those two fingers will be taped now. I already taped the, um, the first joints, but those two will be also taped, um, more. And I already take an abundance of preventative herbs and supplements. So I don't know what else I could do besides train less, which I don't like. Well, maybe not so much train less. Maybe kind of cycle your training, like intensity, you know? Yeah. Go in, kind of flow, drill one day, and then, you know, go out for blood the next day and then come back the next day say, I'm sorry you had to see me that way. Here, let's flow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that that is part of it because I'm so used, I was, you know, in competition mode for so long that that was, that's my normal flow is like, I'll, I'll do like a flow roll with some people and then I'll have like one or two of my rounds will be just, you know, really intense, hard rounds. It, but you're right. Yeah, I think I need to dial that back. That I need to have that. I need to have that conversation with the people that I do those rounds with, mm -hmm. because and I love them for it. Like they're they're some of my favorite training partners. The ones where they're they're like, when's your next competition? Okay, let's go. Let's train. You're gonna you you've got to think about this and this when you're competing and go push harder, harder. But you're right. Yeah, like I'm not in competition mode right now. I don't need to put my body through that stress. So. I'll just be like, hey, well, gonna get out the little tiny violin. <laughs> I'm going to go on a flow roll today. Thank you. 
Well, and I think that's the important thing that you point out too, though, is when you're not prepping for a competition, it's, it's kind of that point where it's like, all right, dial it back just a little bit, you know, just to kind of let your body heal up a touch. And then, you know, as you're getting ready to go to the next one, then turn up that intensity, you know, slowly but surely. And then they're like, okay, y'all, I'm back. And then start beating everybody's ass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they'll love you for it. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is like, I realized, you know, not, not downing anybody at all, but like, there's very few people that are at my gym that train every single day. And so, but they like, you know, they like rolling with me and then they come and they're fresh because they don't train every single day. So they're going to push me harder because they haven't trained every day. So I try to meet their level and then I'm tired. There's a compromise in there, I guess. Yeah. As you've gotten to your blue belt, you know, you said back in May Mm -hmm. with getting to your blue belt and you're just kind of growing and progressing through the rank, you know, what are uh, some of the struggles at blue belt that you've encountered that you may not have been anticipating or just didn't kind of see coming? Well, the first competition, no, there's, there's lots of levels to it. So the first competition, I'd say the first challenge was I realized the matches aren't five minutes or six minutes. I realized that five minutes into the six minute match. Wow. <laughs> Good thing we train seven minute rounds. Like, why is this taking so long? Like I could have swore this match was over. <laughs> yeah. I guess I got to go for the triangle now. So yeah, so that's the first thing. Um, but yeah, lots, lots of things. So I was, cause I was talking to my friend who's a white ball, um, but he's due for a promotion very soon and he competes too, but he could also tell like, he's a little bit apprehensive of blue belt competition. And he was kind of asking us like upper belts, you know, what, what did you think it was like going, making the transition? And, um, you know, I, I live around Atlanta. I don't know if you've ever driven around Atlanta, but I know you're up in Maryland. So, you know, about traffic, right? So Atlanta on 85, we've got a shit ton of lanes. We've got like five lanes, right? You know, you go in on the far right lane, you can go like 60, the speed limit 70, you go 60 over there. Nobody gives a shit. You're fine. I said, okay, so your competition right now your white belt you're you're in the far right lane you you move over to blue belt you're moving over two lanes and you're gonna get over there yeah you have to step on the gas a little bit you'll be okay and you're gonna think you're okay then all some all of a sudden somebody's gonna zoom up on your ass in a corvette and wonder what the fuck are you doing here bro go faster (laughs) and you're like but i'm already going as fast as i can so that was what that's kind of what it's like because like you think like everybody's at a different level when you get to the competition in blue belt. So there's you who's like, or me who's just started competing at blue belt. And then there's the blue belts who've been blue belts for three plus years, you know? So on the bracket, you don't know who you're going to get. It could be me. It could be the one who's currently number one and beats everybody and submits me every time. Me. So. And that's a good comparison there, though, too, with the the traffic lanes. So I never mm-hmm. thought of it that way. But you know, as I even think about just training within our own 
um, circuit of gems here. I go to the one gem and, you know, I'm going against their white belts and their phase belts who were gunning. And it's like, dude, like, they, wow, okay. Whereas, you, you know, you go over to where my home gym is, you know, our white belts are, you know, they're, they're on the rise. Mm-hmm. But there's a different, there's a different flow with them. And it, it feels like that, that first lane was like the far right. And it's like, okay, cool. You know, I can kind of maneuver here. I can, you know, I can do what I need to do. But then yeah. when I get to that other gym, I, I'm all, I'm two lanes over. And those, you know, the, even their white belts, it, it's, it's like, dude, okay. You know, at least when I'm going with the blue belts, I'm expecting that. It's like, okay. I, I expect you guys to try to kill me. Those mm-hmm. white belts, I thought they were trying to learn. Those dudes are out to kill me too. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it all depends um, on the type of person and the type of white belt you have. True. If, if they're trying to learn or if they're trying to die. <laughs> That's up to you. <laughs> well, no, I mean, these white belts over there, though, they're they're like, you know, there's just another level to them. Like, it, it's like, they're gunning hard, but it's not even reckless. It's mm-hmm. very controlled, which is what's scary because it's like uh, you're you're a white belt, mm-hmm. like okay. And then you know there are some of the ones that you know they've been training for maybe six months, close to a year. It's like they think they know it, so they're trying to go. Those are the ones that I think I'm a little more scared of because they think they know, so they try to get a little riskier mm-hmm. and end up you know, getting hurt or hurting someone, but either way, it's, you know, that comparison with the lanes, you know, I definitely see that a lot. So I I think, yeah, I think that's the the main thing of it, just comparing yourself to, to others in competition and rolling with other people you're not familiar with, but also as I'm getting into blue belt, I'm starting to realize and other people are starting to realize my own flow and how I roll, which is very methodical and steady, I would say. I, but firm. I'm not the, like, I'm not an explosive roller at all. I, not that I'm lazy. I just, I'm, we're going to do this and then we're going to do that. Oh, you're going to try that? Nope. We're going to shut that down. Okay. Now we're going to do this. I very, methodical and like if you know smaller lightweight people will try to run around me and i'm just like i'm gonna get my grips i'm gonna get my spider guard and you're just gonna try to you know you're gonna run around here like a little puppet you go on run around um so i think that's like at least for me is this is the time when you start to find what type of roller you are because i i guess before like when before i got my my blue belt and when i was just earlier getting into it i didn't know what type of roller it was and like what my style was but now i'm starting to figure out yeah this is it and that i don't need to change it you know because you you could start you can look at like other people like oh i should roll like them i should do this i should do that no, you should do what you're comfortable with and what you're good at. And this is what I'm comfortable at, what I'm good with. It's like, yeah. I even caught myself a few weeks back because I roll with um, 
a couple of guys that are, you know, I'm, I'm quite large. I'm five ten, and, you know, pretty strong, but some guys that are gym are shorter than me, but they're very strong and, and they're stocky. I love to roll with them because they're, they're very talented and good. So I roll with them a lot and I started to see that I picked up the skills that, that they have, but it doesn't work for me because theirs is ball up, be tiny, and then explode out. It doesn't work for me because I'm too long to do that. So instead, I have to, I said, okay, got to remember I'm long. So I'm like, okay, instead of trying to ball up and like shrimp out from underneath here, I'm just going to bow out and remember I'm like big, long, Groot character, right? And and then I was like, oh wait, this is clicking. This is working. Yeah, don't don't try to be the other person, even though they're really good at that skill. Don't try to be them. Be yourself. Be what you're good at. Absolutely, it's important to know what your skill set is and to work within those parameters. So, I agree. Good, good, good advice. So, you know, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. I got to go take out the trash here because my my wife is going to yell at me and my daughter's going to come down here in a second and kick over stuff because that's what she does. She just comes over, runs into things and think, oh, I want to play too. Like, (laughs) Like, no. These, this isn't a toy. So, um, Julia, thank you as always for being my guest and thank you just for having me. sitting and conversing with me. I, I greatly appreciate it. So, thank you for that. You have any uh, mentions or shout outs that you'd like to offer up? Um, let's see. Oh, it's not sponsored or anything like that. But if you're going to a competition and you have like a lot of teammates or just friends or anything that you're trying to keep track of, um, my friends and I use this app called Witchmat, and it's based. It pulls all the data from the IBJJF website, and you basically could just type in your friends' names, and it saves them all on the app, and then you can click on their names and see which mat they're on, what time they're fighting. And it's just so much faster than going and trying to load it all on the websites and everything. So that's what I recommend if you're going with your team to a competition to keep track of everybody because we had like 13 people competing in Atlanta Open and I was trying to run around and take pictures of everybody, cheering everybody on, and it really helped keep track of everybody. So recommend that. I will put that in the notes. That's a... I've not heard of that. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, and again, thank you for being on. Um, thank you for having me. And for everyone else who's out there listening, as always, thank you. Uh, we greatly appreciate you all chiming in each week with us. And like I always say, you know, if you've got any questions, concerns, feel free to reach out to me off the Mets podcast on Instagram or bjj.wiki, whichever or. I mean, if you follow both, I appreciate that too. But if you want to reach out to me, I'm on either of those options. Um, also, big shout out to the Colompton Social Club. That is my other show with my good buddy, Steve. Um, 
it really was just a show to start off with two friends talking shit and now we review beers and it seems to be our thing so i guess we review beers now and i drink wine so it works out go listen to us it's a lot of fun for us i don't know about anyone listening but we have a good time so go check it out um and also i have a new show upcoming in january called so you like horror because I enjoyed doing the horror movie podcast in October, but it was a little lazy. So I'm going to do a monthly show where it gives me an opportunity to kind of really dig in and research um, different uh, themes in the horror genre and different franchises, movies. And I'm going to have my wife as uh, guest host, my good friend, Teresa, Marilyn Phil, who was on the previous episode with me talking about the Disney plus series. What if he's going to also be, one of the guest hosts. So uh, be on the lookout for that in January. Um, otherwise, as always, like I said, thank you. I love you guys. And you guys keep listening. And I will keep making these shows. Thank you, everyone. Ciao. They probably Now let me see his song.